Okay, so turn to Luke 10. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to tell you guys and teach you guys um, a concept that's probably not talked about very much, and it is um, the... There it goes. There's like a piece of hair that was attacking me. Um, I want to talk about uh, wine tonight. Wine is talked about often in Scripture, and I want to make sure that we all understand it. We're going to kind of do a little, a little mini-series here um, before Thanksgiving, and, and then once Thanksgiving, we're not meeting Thanksgiving, okay? Don't show up here. Nobody will be here, okay? It is a Thursday, so be with your family. If you don't have a family, let me know. You can come be with my family, okay? Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about wine tonight, Okay? Um, it's going to be pretty fun. Cool? Is that okay? Yes. Cool. Yeah. All makes sense. I don't know. The worship leader and the, and the teaching pastor are pretty tight-knit, so it might have been planned. Yeah, it's like pretty tight-knit. Okay, so Luke 10 is going to be our first scripture, and then we're going to go all over the place tonight, okay? We're going to go all over the place tonight. Yeah. All over the place. Okay? Don't remember about it. Luke 10, verse 25, okay? This is a beautiful story. You've probably heard it before, and you've probably heard the phrase, oh, that guy is a good Samaritan. That's where this story is where that phrase comes from, okay? Okay. Kind of cool. Maybe you don't think that's cool, but I do. Okay. You decide. Verse 25. And behold. So, the, okay, yeah, whatever. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, this is to Jesus. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Okay? Verse 29. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he, saw, when he, when he came to the place, he saw and passed him by on the other side. Verse 33, But a Samaritan, he has journeyed, sorry, but a, but a Samaritan, he has journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And when, why do I suck at reading? Verse 34, he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring, a, pouring on oil and wine. Then he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, "Take care of him, and whenever you, whenever, whatever." <laughs> uh, 
Then the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, You go and do likewise. Okay, so it's a beautiful story, yeah? It's a lovely, lovely story. Yes, even with my choppy reading, it's still lovely. Okay, beautiful story of a person who got beat up by two people, and uh, and then two people pass him by, and one stops. And does something very interesting, right? It's when, when you see you see here that the, the Samaritan man stopped, he paused his day to day, and poured wine and oil on his wounds. Okay? Why wine and oil? Right? Because we're talking about wine and oil. I don't want you to get caught up in the other other part of the story, which is like, oh, love your neighbor. But I want to talk about the wine and the oil. Why wine and why oil? It's an interesting thing, right? It's very, very kind of maybe weird to our today terms, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you, oh, Tommy, you bumped your knee, man. Sorry, let me go get some wine. Let me pop that bottle open. And then I've got some nice extra virgin olive oil that I'll rub on that as well. Mm, it's kind of weird, <laughs> right? You'd be like, no, just give me a Band-Aid, right? Like, hey, hurry up kind of thing. Instead, the wine and the oil. You see, this was not weird back then. Okay? It was... Hey, Cyrus. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) Stupid Siri. Now you don't listen. Um, What was I saying? Oh, it was a normal remedy. Okay? Oil and wine were normal remedies. Okay? Um, it's what they did back then. It was common. Um, but first, you, you see the compassion and the love to this man that was kind of downtrodden, yes? That got the poop beat out of him kind of thing, yeah? It, it was a bummer situation. The guy first had compassion, and then he came with wine and oil. Okay? He was given wine and oil. Wine was to mute the pain. Right? Hazley ran into a trailer the other day. And gouged her ear open. Uh, she was chasing a bunny. It was on her own accord. I didn't do anything. Okay? Okay, PETA? Didn't do anything. She was chasing a bunny, and we got a trailer out back, and she, boom! And what, what did Madison do? She got alcohol. Not like vodka or something like that. But she got like the alcohol swabs, right? And squeezed it on it to clean it, right? To disinfect, right? Because alcohol disinfects, mm-hmm. Correct? Uh, that's pretty much all I've got out of um, Madison going through nursing school. Um, <laughs> then um, oil. Then the oil was first to stop the swelling. Okay, it would stop the swelling, so it wouldn't manifest larger. Um, it would it would start and protect the wound, so it wouldn't. It, it would protect the wound almost like a bandaid does today, so that it wouldn't continue to open. Does that make sense? Okay, that's what those two elements did, and it's it's fascinating, you know, um, how much how much more complex we've gotten today when we could just get some wine and oil. Yeah, instead we're spending a lot of money on that other stuff. Okay, but what I want to connect here is 
I want to connect some dots here, okay? So we're going to go through a bunch of different passages. I want to connect some dots about why wine and Holy Spirit are hand in hand and tied together. Okay? This is going to be fun. You guys with me? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Because right now you're looking at me like I'm speaking a different language, which we'll talk about tonight. But I want you guys to stay with me, okay? Uh, we'll see as we do, kind of study wine, study Holy Spirit, we'll see how similar they are in, in character, if you will. Okay? Okay? Cool. Good to see you guys tonight. So, first thing you need to know is I love wine. Okay? I love wine. Uh, yes, I do drink it. Okay? I am a pastor and I drink wine. Crucify me. Um, I love wine. And, you know, back a couple years ago, I actually used to study wine. I would study the whole process of wine, and I would understand all of the depth of what wine is and what makes wine, wine. Okay? I loved wine. I was actually part of a wine club, um, and I would study every single bottle that I would open, and I would taste it, and I would study it. I would taste it, have some cheese, and study it, you know? Um, if you understand the music I like, you'll understand the wine I like. It's very curated. It's very beautiful. It's very elegant, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's another another Spotify plug. Um, I need the followers trying to go viral. Um, but I, I spent a lot of time, especially when I was single, of tasting wine and, and <laughs> tasting wine and studying it. Do you guys get my point? Okay, so you can trust me a little bit. That's what I'm actually saying. Okay, but I don't want us to lose, uh, I didn't lose sight of the Ephesians 5.18 of don't become drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. I did not cross that line just to make sure that we're all on the same page, okay? Come on, it was a joke. Oh, well, I didn't know that there was To the left track. Gosh. <laughs> can tell when you guys are paying attention or not. Just well, joking. I didn't, I didn't know it was no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll try again. I'll try again next time I preach this. Um, <laughs> I was always fascinated by the process of making wine and the aging process of it. Right? Um, similar to cheese. Right? Similar to cheese. There's an aging that goes on with cheese. Um, similar with like a... I'm talking a lot about booze tonight. Sorry. Same with whiskey. I, I love whiskey now. Now whiskey's my kind of thing. And the aging process is gorgeous, okay? Do you understand this? Yeah. I love the aging process of wine, okay? As we go through this tonight, I want you to remember these three things. All wine is aged. The best wine is really aged. And three, the Holy Spirit is talked, out, talked about a lot with wine. Not under the influence of wine, but the same concept of wine, okay? Don't, don't, yeah, don't blend these two, okay? Okay. We on the, yeah, third one, Holy Spirit is talked about a lot with wine, right? We've probably heard of the wine skin and all that kind of stuff. We might touch on that a little bit, um, depending on where the Lord takes us. Okay? Now turn to John 2. John 2, this is an epic story. This is Jesus' first miracle. Anybody know what it is without looking at their Bible? 
First miracle. Water into wine. If you just knew my, my sermon title, you'd probably guess it pretty easy. Okay? We're going to talk about the, the, that wedding feast that happened and then all, this, all, the, all the symbolism that actually is tied up in that story um, above Jesus just doing an incredible miracle. Okay? Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Hi. How are you? <laughs> What's John 2, verse 1. This story's epic. Why? Oh my gosh. How do I shut off Siri? Cyrus, go to sleep. Siri, turn off. Get the Android. Okay. A psalm certification? No, I did not. No, it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. So. Uh, this is an epic story. Why? Because Jesus is in it. Um, it's a beautiful image of his relationship with him and his mom. Okay? It's kind of funny. You'll kind of see that, how similar it is, especially if you're a son. Uh, you'll see, like, oh, yeah, sure, he'll do it. You'll see that in this. And then you're like, well, I, oh, my hands are tied now, kind of thing. Uh, and if your mom is like that as a daughter, sure. Um, then uh, the third thing is it's not, uh, it was not um, unspiritual to attend an event like this. Okay? Um, so, John uh, 2, verse 1, uh, here we go. Ready? Yeah. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana, Canaan? Cana, Cana, in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm just reading it. I'm just reading it. He said, Jesus said, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. I love it, right? Uh, whatever. Okay, verse uh, 6. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, which is really cool. Okay. Uh, each holding about 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And, and when the master of the feast tasted the water that now became wine and did not know where it came from, Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, "Every and said to, said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. But when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory." And his disciples believed in him for the first time. <laughs> After this, they went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. Okay? So, coolest story ever? Yeah. yeah. Okay, here's my little recap. They ran out of wine. The master of the wedding uh, started to get a little stressed. Like, oh my gosh, got all these people. Need to get some wine. Yeah? 
Jesus and his mom kind of go back and forth a little bit. And then mom says, oh, my son knows what to do. And then Jesus asks the servants to fill the water vessels with water. And then the water is transformed into wine. By what? Hold on. Why was the wine or why was the water transformed into wine? Who did it? It was Holy Spirit. Yeah? Holy Ghost? Somebody say Holy Ghost up in here? Nope. Okay. <laughs> then the people drank it and said it was the best wine that they've ever tasted. It's amazing. Where does it say Holy Spirit? I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. Don't show my notes. <laughs> it's a crazy story, and it's an amazing story of who the Holy Spirit is. Okay? Let's see if we can, uh, can kind of direct the Holy Spirit in this moment. The way of the Holy Spirit. This was kind of one of those amazing moments like at Pentecost. This was kind of one of those moments. Okay? Jesus promises the latter will be greater than the former. Okay? All of these things. Just hold on. Then the glory and reign of the latter house will be much greater than the former house. Could you look up uh, Haggai 2.9 and read it to us? And then the way of the Holy Spirit is always to multiply it. Do you guys understand that this is Holy Spirit? You'll understand that this is more about Holy Spirit than it is about wine. But, I need to un- but you guys need to understand wine more so you can understand Holy Spirit more. Do you got it? Yeah. Read it, please. Uh, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Okay, so this is a prophetic saying. The, yeah? What verse is that? Uh, Haggai 2.9. This is a prophetic word from the Lord saying that the, the, that the latter is not going to be as beautiful as the former, which means that the old will not be as good as the new. I messed that up. Thank you. Do you understand what I mean? That the old, old covenant is not going to be as good as the new. I always get the latter and the former mixed up. I tried to sound wise. didn't work. Okay. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Like, truly. Okay? So we have to understand this about Holy Spirit so that we can understand the rest of everything that we're going to be talking about. Okay? He is a God of increase. He always wants to multiply. Yes? Yeah. You've probably seen it in your own life. Yeah. Okay? If you haven't, uh, let me introduce you. Okay? Kind of thing. Like, uh, let's get to that increase. Okay? In Isaiah, uh, the, 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 in, uh, the pro- prophet of Isaiah, he talks about that the Lord loves double portions. Okay? This is the currency of kingdom. Do you understand that? Kingdoms want to rule and reign more. Yes? Yeah. Not just like bad kingdoms, but also really good kingdoms want to rule and reign more. Why? Because they're doing something right. Heavenly kingdom wants to rule and reign more. Yes? Okay, cool. So, wine is made of grapes primarily. Okay? There's other things in it. I won't get into that. And there, in a vineyard, grapes flow a lot. Okay? 
they, the harvest comes frequently in vineyards. Okay, has anybody uh, seen a vineyard? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you've seen them, right? Even if you've seen it in the pictures, anybody seen one in the pictures? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it's beautiful, right? They're beautiful. It is. It's the best snapshot of what we should be doing as vines, as branches, as trees of the Lord. Right? We're talked about being a good tree planted by streams of living water. Correct? Why? Not for the longest branches, but for the most fruit. Okay. We're. Hang on to that thought. Not for the longest branches, but for the most fruit. Okay? When it comes... Does, does anybody grow grapes at their house? Anybody have vines? Do, do you? Used you used to? You Sunday. moved? Yeah. It's, it's really cool. They just keep on climbing, right? Has, have anybody like seen a picture of a house that just has vines crawling up the side of it? It's gorgeous, right? Right? If you're not into that, I'm sorry. It's pretty cool. Okay. Grapes are grown and then picked immediately. Once that grape is come to harvest time, it's picked. And then what happens? That little vine is actually pruned back right away. They don't let it just linger there. You get your fruit and then the vine dresser prings or uh, prunes it immediately. Okay. Do you know this? So if you ever want to grow grapes, you pick the grapes, prune. Pick the grapes, prune. And what actually happens is you make it a healthier plant. You make it healthier. Why? Because it becomes stronger. Okay? Kind of like the same reason you cut your hair sometimes. Right? Sometimes you guys fry your hair out, girls. Fry the hair out, yeah? And then you got to cut it back a little bit, get rid of those dead ends. Yes? That's what they're called, right? Dead ends? Loose ends? Split ends. Dang it. Dead ends just didn't seem right to me. (laughs) Right? So you have to cut them back so your hair grows stronger. Same thing with a tree. Same thing with a bush. Same thing with a vine. Okay? Um, Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Jesus does not gauge us on how long our branches are, but how much fruit our branches carry. Okay? Do you understand that? Yes. He doesn't care if you have the longest branch. He's going to say, cool. <laughs> Thumbs up. Okay? But what he does care about is how much fruit is actually being bore. Bore? Bore from you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Especially tonight. Whew. Yeah. Jesus does not gauge us on how long our branches are, but how much fruit our branches carry. Did you know that there is unhealthy growth and healthy growth? Yeah. And it's not just because one's poison ivy and one is something else. No, it's I can invest into healthy growth by pruning back. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy growth is I'm just like, okay, here you go. Do whatever you want. Yeah, just get as large as you can, right? What actually happens is if you don't prune, it actually becomes weak. It'll actually start suffocating itself out. Like grass. Like grass. Right? Does that make sense? That's why That's why people are employed to trim shrubs. That's why that job exists. To make them strong. To make them full. 
to make them bear fruit. Okay? And no, we're not talking a lot about Jesus, but we will. I'm just painting this beautiful picture so far, okay? Don't worry, I'm not crazy. Okay, did you hear me? Okay, so remember, Jesus does not gauge us on how long our branches are, but how much fruit they possess, okay? God always wants us to go deeper and deeper with Him. Yes? We go from glory to glory, and deep cries out to deep. Yes? Do we understand this? Increase is kingdom. Decrease is man-made. Yes? Increase is kingdom. Decrease is man-made. In Ezekiel 47, uh, read it on your own time, write it down. You can read it on your own time. The river of God goes from shallow to deep. Living with the Lord is always a progression. It's not an end destination, it's a progression. You know where your end destination is, but you always need to be growing in the Lord. Okay? The, the, the line graph should not be a flat line. Yes? It yeah. should not go beep. What's that actually mean? You're dead. Yeah. Okay? And it shouldn't decrease either. Understand? Mm-hmm. If it's decreasing, let me introduce you to Jesus. I did that. Mm, okay. I don't know if you're Thanks for smiling at me. I really appreciate you. There's a little bit of something out here. Wet wood tonight. Whoo! Yeah. And if you're in decrease, it's not the Lord's fault, it's yours, okay? Even when He prunes us, it's so that we can grow healthier, right? If you need to work on your pride issue, he's going to cut you back. <laughs> yeah? And then it's so that you can, you can grow healthier, right? That's the way it works. He's going to cut you down like that Johnny Cash song, right? So, back to the wedding. <laughs> it's no coincidence that Jesus waited until the end of the wedding to show up. It's no coincidence that he waited until the end of the wedding to do this this miracle. But not only to make that point, but also to have the the man-made wine present and that man-made best wine to be present, and then it ran out. And then for Jesus to see his competition and then blow it out of the water. Do you understand my pun there? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I put a lot of thought into that one. Okay. The wine, the wine that Jesus showed up with was better than the best wine man could offer in the beginning. Do you understand this? We just read that the best wine was offered at the beginning. Why? Because they still had their wits about them and they could actually understand how good it was. Do you understand this? Okay. And they wanted to spoil first. And then, slowly, 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 I'm going to add water to my wine, and it's going to get nasty, and I'm going to buy cupcake wine. If you know a cupcake oh, wine, no. it's nasty. Okay? It's, uh, it's um, knockoff wine. Okay? You know, those of us should not be able to relate. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what you're Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Okay. So, also, I want to highlight the wine ran out. 
Mm. He didn't say, oh, you guys are running low. What do you need me to do? <laughs> no, he waited for it to run dry. Mm-hmm. What kind of wine ran out? Huh? Cheap wine. What kind of wine actually ran out? Huh? Man-made. <laughs> okay. This shows that there's always an end to what man can supply and offer us. This caused them to ask for the wine that only comes from Jesus and Holy Spirit. This is a loud cry for us. We, he wants us to realize that anything man-made, anything that is brewed of man, anything that finds its origin from man, will look good, taste good, but it will run out in the long haul. Yep. Okay? Anything man-made is not eternal. The wine from heaven never runs out. In Psalm 23, 5, David says, My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. In Greek, that actually translates a little bit more like this. I am intoxicated with wine from your cup. Mm. Whose cup? The Lord's cup, right? That's what it translates into. Mm -hmm. I am intoxicated with the wine from your cup, God. Mm. And remember, David was Old Testament, Old Covenant, before Jesus. Before, I was, before Holy Spirit dwelled on earth. David still understood the beauty of what was to come. David, a man after God's own heart, understood the beauty of what this means. David, a worshiper of the Lord, that took him somewhere else that nobody else achieved. Does that make sense? And he says, my cup runneth over. I am intoxicated with you, Lord. Right? I am captivated. Mm. I adore you. I am devoted. I am all, I'm all tied up in you. That was David. Okay? David saw the glory of the new covenant. Not needing to go to the temple to find God, but seeing that our bodies would become the house of God. That deep within, we can always drink the wine of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Does it really, or do you just want me to move on? It does make sense. Okay. Can you say it? Yeah. The three kind of things. David saw the glory of the new covenant by, one, not needing to go to the temple to find him. He saw that what that was to come. Two, our bodies would become the house of God. And three, that deep within, we can always drink the wine of the Holy Ghost. You see here that the eternal never runs out. Man-made will always run dry. So those of you who said, I'm just in a dry season. (laughs) Do you hear that? Do you hear me? 
those of you who say that I'm in a dry season, I'm sorry. Your fault. What you've made is man-made. Do you understand that? Yes. What you've made is actually man-made. Because if I go through a dry season, it's something I'm doing. It's I'm looking to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. I'm looking in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. Because a man after God's own heart, a woman after God's own heart says, my cup runneth over. Mm -hmm. Which means there's more than I can handle. (laughs) There's more than I can handle. Okay? All makes sense so far. Mm-hmm. Cool. What does wine of the Spirit do? Excited. Yeah, it does. We're going to be talking about that. That's kind of my next little portion that we're going to talk about. What does wine of the Spirit do? We talked about what wine does. We talked about what the Lord does. Now, how do they work hand in hand? So if you remember the first story of the Good Samaritan, um, he used wine. Why? To disinfect to bring healing, and he used the oil to cover and protect the wound. Yes? And the oil would cause the wound to begin closing, okay? So yes, this is a picture of Jesus' blood, but it's also a picture of the wine of the Holy Spirit and His work, okay? Did you know Holy Spirit not only protects us and empowers us, but He also disinfects us? Yes? Yep. He does. It's good news. It shouldn't make you, oh man, I'm, I'm all nasty inside. <laughs> no, he disinfects you. And it's good news. Another word for this is he sanctifies you. He cleanses the depths of you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Not only he covers us, not only does he empower us, but he also, um, he also, <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> I'm just a train wreck. I know. He also disinfects us. Okay? He also disinfects us. He makes us clean. He heals us. Okay? Holy Spirit is the one who carries the benefits of Jesus' blood over our lives. Galatians 3.14 reads, So that is Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing comes to us by the Holy Spirit. Also, the blood, the Spirit, and the water work together to bear witness in heaven and on earth. That's 1 John 5.6-12. Jane, why don't you read that to us? 1 John 5, 6 through 12. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men... The testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe in God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. 
whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. They all work together. Mm-hmm. Water, spirit, blood. They all work together. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, let me get a little bold tonight, okay? Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, um, and let me finish my thought before you say this guy's crazy. Okay? Please? Yeah. Promise me? Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you something? Yeah. What are you reading? Uh, 1 John 5, 6-12. Okay, so let me finish before you make up your mind of what you think, okay? Hear the fullness of what I have to say here, okay? It is, uh, it's an amazing thing when we become drunk in the Spirit. It's a beautiful thing when we become drunk in the Spirit, okay? That is a glimpse of my cup runneth over. Okay? This is not, I'm going to (laughs) just, it's not anywhere close to what it means to be drunk by man. It's everything to be drunk in the Spirit. Because being drunk in the Spirit means that you're full of joy, you're full of peace, you're full of love, you're full of self-control, you're full of patience. All of the the fruits of the Spirit, they're called fruits. Why? Because you mash them up and make them into wine. Yeah? Okay? Whatever, you guys. I'm just going to keep on going. You guys. Okay, so that is what it means to be drunk in the spirit. It's not I'm going to build a chandelier and hang from it and swing from it like that one song. It's not that. It's not I'm going to get crazy and spin my shirt over my head. It's not that. Do you understand? It's not that I'm going to start taking hot laps anywhere. It is I am full of the spirit. I, my cup runneth over with the Spirit. I'm intoxicated by the Spirit. Yes? Yeah. Okay, nothing else. Nothing else. I can't act like a freaking chaotic lunatic and say, I'm drunk, I'm drunk in the Spirit. No, you actually make me look like an idiot. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. You make all of us look like idiots if you think, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm hammered in the Spirit. Oh, <laughs> No, come on, like, it's not the movies, okay? It's two separate things. If you can't separate them, don't use the vocab then, okay? Uh, We have to separate them. Being drunk in the Spirit is a beautiful thing, okay? It's full of joy, peace, and love, yes? On the day of Pentecost, they heard many speaking in tongues, yes? It's in the Scripture, if you're offended by it, okay, read your Bible more, and maybe you might understand it a little bit more, okay? Um, They were all speaking in tongues, And then the mockers spoke up and said, they are drunk. Do you understand this? This pisses me off. Okay? This pisses me off. (laughs) They're drunk. Some translations say, which we'll talk about in a second because I do actually really like it. They say, they are filled with new wine. Which I agree with. And it's a, tragic that, it's a tragedy that there are mockers. Yes? Okay. Some translations, again, say that they were filled with new wine. One of my favorite pastors puts it this way. I'm going to read it word for word. Let me ask you a simple question. If your friend who spoke perfect English and only perfect English suddenly began to speak in perfect Russian, 
Would you attribute that to drinking alcohol? No. In fact, your conclusion would be the exact opposite. You wouldn't say you must be drunk, but you would say you're a genius. Right? That's what was happening on Pentecost. But what actually happened was they were filled with the Spirit. Do you understand this? They were filled with the Spirit. And if you're filled with the Spirit and it comes in tongues, more power to you. It doesn't make you any holier. Right? It actually speaks exclusively that it's the least of the gifts. Mm-hmm. And to earnestly desire prophecy. Okay? So, with me being a tongue speaker, which, hint, hint, I am, does not make me holier than you. Okay? But when I operate in prophecy, that is the one I should earnestly desire. Do you understand this? Do you actually? Or do you just want me to move on from tongues because it makes you uncomfortable? It shouldn't make you uncomfortable. Why? Because it's of God. If that portion of God makes you uncomfortable, you don't understand God. You don't. You don't understand the sovereignty of who God is. You know, in Psalms 115, it says God does what He pleases. That means if He wants to heal a woman who reaches out and touches His robe, He'll do it. If He wants to anoint handkerchiefs like He did in Acts, and then they just lay it on their face and they're healed, He'll do it. Oh, also, if He just wants to use the shadow of Peter to heal somebody, He'll do it. Do you understand this? God does as He pleases. If He wants me to speak in tongues, great. I better say yes. If He wants me to share prophecy, great. I better do it. And I better say yes. But if, I, but if He doesn't want me to do those two things, then I better keep my mouth shut. Amen. Does this make sense? Yes. Okay? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes? Yes. On Pentecost, they were called drunkards because they tasted new wine. Because they tasted the wine of the Holy Spirit, as we've been talking about. Do you understand that our, our minds and our bodies are, are how do I say this differently? Our, our minds are in two different worlds. And let me explain before you say, what worlds? Hmm. Hold on. They're in two different worlds. My body is planted here on earth, yes? My mind is also here on earth with me. But when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, my mind is also in the heavenlies. Do you understand that? Do you? This means yes. Yes? Does this... Yes? This means no. It's okay if you say no. Let me... I'll divulge a little bit more. Okay? When we're split, we really are. We're planted here, right? But when Holy Spirit says, I'm going to indwell you, and when I say, my cup runneth over, Lord, hopefully, 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 no, 
our, our, uh, again, our minds are in both worlds, heaven and on earth. But deep in our spirit, the new wine of heaven begins to flow and we receive this heavenly drink. And it makes us lose sight of all that holds us. Do you understand that's what exactly happens when we worship the Lord? Yes. Did you guys have any worries when we were in the presence of the Lord worshiping Him? No, you couldn't think of one, <laughs> right? And now you're like, oh man, huh, wow, hmm, I, I didn't have any worries. Yeah, yeah, because that's what it means to be attentive. That's what it means to live a, a, a Jesus-filled life. That's what it means to say, I embrace you, Lord. Yes? Yes. We lose sight of all that holds us. And that's when we learn heavenly living. We lose sight of all fear, all that holds us back. And then we remember that we're free. And remember, the best wine is aged. It's aged. I can't fast track an aging process. I can't. Unless it just gets it, it, it just gets nasty. It's counterfeit. It's not actually aged. Do you understand that? I can't just I can't just uh, exp do some chemical process in the wine so it ages faster. It's actually a counterfeit wine. The thing that makes wine so beautiful is that it is aged for years mm -hmm. at a time. For years. At a time. I can't rust, rush that process. And the best wine is aged the longest. Why am I bringing this up again? Because our relationship with Holy Spirit can't be rushed. It's an aging process. And it becomes more and more refined. It becomes more and more elegant. And it tastes more and more. It tastes better the longer it's aged. Right? So the more I nurture, the more I, I am hospitable to the Holy Spirit in my life, the more I'm actually aging our relationship. The more beauty actually comes manifest, the best. That's why in that scripture it says the best is yet to come. Yeah, it's talking about Jesus, but it's actually talking about more than Jesus. It's talking about the anointing that's actually going to fall on you. The best is yet to come. Who's the best? Holy Spirit. Why? Because He illuminates both the Son and the Father. Yep. Yeah. You know that's what Holy Spirit does? That's all He does? Yep. All He does is say, hey, let me introduce you to Jesus in this area. Oh, hey, let me convict you the way Jesus would in this area. Let me, let me show you the blood of Jesus in this area. That's all. Holy Spirit does. He gives you the empowerment the same way that Jesus had the empowerment. Does that get anybody excited? Or yeah. are we just flatlined tonight? Like, that's really, really exciting to me. Remember, best wine is aged. Also, in the aging process, wine is actually covered and hidden. It's actually in caves. It's hidden. That's why the deep cries out to the deep. The depth in me cries out to the depth of God because it's actually a hidden thing that I need to unlock in the aging process. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Isaiah 45, 15. Could you pull it up for me? Isaiah 
That is from the prophet Isaiah. Truly you are a God who hides himself. Why? Not to tease us, not to torment us, but to hunger for him. There's this saying back in the back into the 70s was drink him up. That was said at a lot of churches back in the 70s was drink him up. Take a drink. Take a drink. What's that actually mean? What do you think? Bring him in. Huh? Like bring him in. Like like drink. Like I can't think of a better way. Okay. Come on. Somebody else take a shot. Thank you. Drink it up. What do you think that means? After our whole entire conversation tonight. Take it in. Yeah. Receive it. Receive it. What else? My cup runneth over. I want more of you, Lord. I'm thirsty for you, Lord. Yes? Isn't that beautiful? That's a relationship. That's what it is. Were you as... Hey, Ashton, were you as good as friends with Tatum the first day that you met her as you are now? No. There's this aging process that happens. You can't just be like, all of a sudden, we're best friends. (laughs) Right? Hey, well, not to the depth that you're at today, though, is my point, right? There's this unraveling that happens over time, right? Same thing if you're dating somebody. There's this depth that unravels over time. The same thing when you get married one day. Yes? All of you? I can't wait for that day. Can't wait. Especially you older dudes. Can't wait. Woo, baby. There's this aging process that takes place. There's a deeper connection that takes place in a relationship, right? Or else it flatlines and you're like, well, I don't see this going anywhere, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right? That's what happens. It's this refinement. He's a refiner, Mm -hmm. right? That's what the Holy Spirit does over our lives. Do you see the similarities? There's this this scripture. um, I don't know the address. There's a scripture that, uh, I don't know the address. Okay. Yeah, it is. I think it's in 2 Corinthians. Summarize it. It's uh, all about the Lord giving us a new wineskin. I'll talk about this briefly and then we'll close, okay? Okay? Okay. Cool. This new wineskin. Why? Do you remember? You love quoting this one. What? The new wineskin. Okay. Oh. Are you talking about expansion? Yeah. yeah. What, what's the address? Do you remember? No. Um, okay. So there's this scripture that uh, is, in, is in the Bible. <laughs> um, it's the only good ones. That's the address. Uh, so what, what it actually talks about is that, the, that you wouldn't replace the wineskin with just patches from a, from a new wineskin, correct? You would actually throw away the old and get the new. So that you have a deeper capacity, right? Because wineskins actually expand as they're full of wine. The wine makes the wineskin expand, okay? And this, this wineskin is actually the skin of a lamb, which 
you can connect the dots if you read your Bible. Um, so what actually takes place is the Lord enhances our capacity for more, for more, for more, right? He's a perfect vine dresser, right? Just in, in John 15, it talks about, we talked about vines earlier, yes? He prunes us back to make us healthier in Him, right? So if you're in a pruning season, don't wallow and say, woe is me, praise the Lord. Did you hear me? When you're in a pruning season, don't wallow and say, woe is me, but actually praise the Lord because He is making you a healthier Jesus person. Does that make sense? Okay? This is essential so that we actually understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Not the philosophy of Jesus, the person of Jesus. philosophies of Jesus. That's why we have many, many denominations of Jesus. But the person of Jesus is all that matters. Is all that matters. And that's why it's so beautiful that he filled those vats with water and turned it into wine to show that the best is yet to come. Do you understand this? Yes. You promise me you understand it? Yes, I Okay. Did I lose anybody tonight? No. If I did, you wouldn't raise your hand anyway. <laughs> um, I want you to take a second before you leave. I'm going to pray over you. And then I want you to write out your testimony. I need you to write out your testimony of when Jesus became a person, not a philosophy anymore. Not just something that you believe in, not just something you follow because your your family is, uh, because your family does. Nothing like that. But when Jesus became real to you, maybe it happened here. Man, I want to hear that story. Okay? Maybe it didn't happen here and it happened somewhere else. I really want to hear that story too. When Jesus became a person to you, not just an, a, a philosophy or a way of thinking, if that hasn't happened yet, Find either me or Madison so that we can help you. Okay? Okay. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay. Now write it and keep it to yourself. If you want to tell me, come up. I'd love to hear your story. I know. I, 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 I love hearing stories these days. I'm just captivated by hearing stories these days. I'm, I'm reading a lot of revival books and listening to a lot of documentaries on just w- the way Jesus showed up in manifest ways um, and the way Holy Spirit just had great, great outpourings. And I believe that we're on the brink of one. And I need you guys to know your story. So let me pray for you, and then I want you to write it out. Okay? Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're that you are that you are the wine. And that you give us new wine. And that you enhance our capacity for you. And you're a God of increase. We thank you for all of these things. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would illuminate a whole nother layer of our story tonight. A whole nother layer of when you became a person to us. I pray that we would capture it on the paper tonight. Or if we need to leave, I pray that we would take some time when we get home 
and capture it on paper so that we remember. It's good to remember the work that you've done in our lives. So Lord, we just, we just magnify you tonight. We thank you for who you are. And, and we, we ask you for more. We ask you for more and more and more of you. That we would just take a drink of you. More and more. And that we wouldn't lose sight of who you are. And that, that love and peace and joy would follow us because we are the inn in which you stay in. So thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So take a second, just a little bit, you know, no matter how detailed you want to be, no matter how brief you want to be, even if it's just bullet points, take a second to write your story out. And remember when Jesus became a person to you.